Hello, lovely people, and welcome to another episode of our Schillering Hub Talking Hospitality. And today, I'm actually super excited with this chat because our guest today, combining two of my passions, cooking and the environment, and it's an honor to have him here. Uh, head chef of Michelin Stars, it's an honor to have you, Chef Claudio Cardoso. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How did cooking and the environment mix for you? Mm-hmm. How that idea is part? So I think it happened more when the, I started traveling into bigger cities because the initial part of my career was in between Spain, um, Italy, Portugal. And there is still very much rustic because Italy is very similar, Spain as well. I think when I transition into bigger cities like uh, New York, London, Hong Kong, Japan, and all those different countries, is when you start uh, really looking in a different way where you don't have that producer close to you. You start asking questions where things come from, right? Yeah. So um, you start going to the farms, you start seeing what people are doing right or wrong. And that's where I started getting a little bit more, I think, uh, concerned because you start realizing and your spectrum starts opening a bit more where the volume of produce that is needed and you need a bigger production. Also, understanding the production side of it you can raise different questions, right? Hmm. So it starts a bit more when I'm probably uh, halfway through my career, and then it become really more relevant when I went for the first time to the Amazon in Peru, and you go into the remote areas of the Amazon, takes you three to four days to get into the middle where you totally remote, no communication, nothing. And one of the things that shocked me was that um, on the shores of the rivers, you had like bits of plastic bags stuck on the, on the canes on the side, right? So you are so remote, you have nothing that is really man-made. We're talking about tribes that never even seen a bicycle, right? Um, and the only thing that we still manage to damage at this remote uh, space uh, that is so pure and clean and, and unique was man-made things that we could not, not um, eliminate so far into the into the nature, right? So that is when then I, I became an ambassador for Cool Earth, which is... Uh, protecting different uh, rainforests throughout the world and then I became a stronger voice and felt that my legacy uh, whilst I'm uh, in this planet is to as much as possible have a positive impact in my own way through my own platform with the people that I kind of try to have around me is to create something that is um, as much as possible um, having in mind uh, good practices, right? So, I mean, here at SLS, we try to as much as possible support local or support whatever is uh, around you and proximity. Try to think about suppliers that uh, segregate orders and they're not having things arriving every uh, every day. Um, try to use what you have and, and have a focus of zero waste, educational and mentorship to the younger chefs. And I think if we leave that as a base for them to start, they will give continuity in their future to that mindset. It's about being a mentor, right? If I had a mentor that when I started with this philosophy, I would have probably started it a bit before. I think that maybe was also a bit more irrelevant uh, 20 years ago, uh, because to be honest, it wasn't so, um, people were not so aware and you start becoming more aware with your travels and you start analyzing. And I. I tend to be a person that questions a lot of things that I encounter. So I think um, that is the moment, I think is that way through my career with the expansion and opening my horizons to bigger 
capitals is when I I try to actually make an impact throughout kitchen because you start asking questions, you start realizing that the impact that our industry has, people traveling to eat or stay in a hotel, let's say how many miles away, uh, all that uh, interlinked has a big, bigger impact or impact in the bigger picture, you know. So, I mean, I made it a bit of a responsibility as much as possible to be able to, I mean, tell the same story to others, inspire others, and and continue working hard on it. You, know? you spoke about the Cool Earth as an yeah. ambassador of the Cool Earth and also mm-hmm. SLS uh, Dubai. Uh, what are your current Uh, projects and challenges that you have to actually deliver uh, your mission here? I mean, challenges, you will, you will have uh, many different challenges from a standpoint of, um, first of all, availability. Uh, the fact that there is a big impact in the environment, um, that also translates into lack of produce. It translates into bigger responsibility to source and source correctly. Um, the fact that we are in a business that is supposed to be profitable, you have to understand that obviously who produces in volume and people that are a bit more ruthless uh, have a bigger impact on the environment, but they have a, a different price point. When you are going to smaller producers that are doing it in a correct way, there's a bigger price point. So it's all about uh, in finding that thin line uh, between um what is acceptable in terms of uh, budgets and, and revenue stream and all that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that is currently the, the, the biggest uh, challenge where, to be honest, uh, with global warming, you start feeling that product is not the same, availability is not the same, um, regardless if we try man-made ways of uh, making things right quicker or to grow faster, we are doing a big mistake and we should more uh, often focus on what is present around you. Uh, because right now, I can eat mangoes uh, any time of the year where I'm based and we don't produce mangoes, right? Yeah. So and that's an example. The same with tomatoes, strawberries, you can eat all year round. People are not asking these questions anymore, right? And, yeah. uh, and that's a bit scary because uh, people also are not educated enough to understand the system where how things happen and uh, and we're doing some damage when we consider that this is a normal thing right now. So I mean, the challenges will pass through product for sure. And it will, for me, pass through global warming and uh, obviously the change of uh, that's happening with climate. Yeah. You mentioned about education as well. And last time we spoke quickly on the phone, um, yeah. you said that you were in the farms. I think that was on, on your Instagram or maybe during my research that you educate farmers as well about regenerative yeah. agriculture yeah uh, how, how is that um, how that happens and how well accepted it is with uh-huh. the producers yeah i think uh, i also try to work as much as possible with open-minded uh, people to start with but also i come from a background where i studied right so my studies are uh, around seven to eight years of food professional course and then one that has to do more with production still very involved with culinary but more scientific and a lot of production so i spend part of my studies going and visiting farms as well and understanding about the production side of it so when i uh, share knowledge is also from educational point of view that i've experienced mm-hmm. so it's not about uh, an opinion is based on concrete fact studies right 
Um, but I mean, it, it's well accepted and I'm also very curious and I want to learn. So I'm always engaging and, and being part of it. Like when, when uh, we do the work in the remote areas of the Amazon is also passing knowledge in how to reutilize and grow and produce because they have the right resources in terms of climate. They have um, the right uh, heritage kind of uh, productions. What they're missing sometimes is the nutrition understanding, the repurposing understanding, which they didn't uh, necessarily go to a school to learn, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, not everyone is happy to have a chef coming and asking questions, but for me it's important because, I mean, if you want me to buy into your project or you want me to have something to do with your project, I have to feel that it's legit. I used to, uh, in Europe, do it a lot. Like in London, I used to travel many times to Barcelona to fish farms and understand when when you're telling me that you're doing a full sustainable circle, I want to make sure that you're not selling me a dream and you're being legit, right? So recently I went, for example, to an eggs producer in, in uh, the UAE um, that was claiming that it was free range organic and I went with my, my own eyes, and this is just to give you an example. So we were there, it was very theoretical, okay, and the explaining and the feeding and all that, and I'm asking my questions. And at some point in the visit finished. But the only thing I've seen since I arrived to leave was just the eggs. <laughs> so I didn't see the chickens, I didn't see the space outside, and I'm asking questions, right? And I said, I, I came to see chickens, I want to see the chickens. And I felt that uh, it took me almost one hour for them to show me the chickens. They started making excuses, ah, because you have to go and shower and you have to change to a special uniform. So, okay, <laughs> I have no problem to shower. I mean, I shower every day, sometimes twice, so that wouldn't be a problem. Uh, changing into a special uniform. Well, we are chefs, we use uniform. Uh, so I end up, uh, after them kind of stalling quite a lot, they end up showing me the chickens. Obviously, I'm not using them because, first of all, uh, the way that the chickens were being treated, it's not for me because it's not only about the produce, it's also about animal welfare. And funny enough, yesterday I got a message or an email saying that that farm had been closed for some time because there was some spread of uh, something, uh, bird uh, disease of some sort. Yeah. So it goes to show that you can talk as much as you want, but it's up to us to listen and evaluate and have a based, educated opinion about it, right? So it goes to show that if we don't ask questions and we uh, we believe in a paper, I'm very good at uh, Photoshop. So I can even Photoshop a document. <laughs> that document doesn't say anything. It might say that you do organic. It might say many, many different things. But going to a place uninvited or even invited and then coming uninvited is when you realize what is being actually done. And people that open the doors to you and they're clear and show you everything, usually are the ones doing the best job. I mean. Recently, I had a guy that came all the way from Australia selling me a dream that they were a full sustainable farm in Australia. And as I do, I start asking questions, right? So I was asking him about how much cattle they slaughter on a week. They were slaughtering around 900 cows a day. Wow. You cannot be sustainable when you're slaughtering 9,000, uh, sorry, uh, 900 pieces of cattle a day. Right. So, I mean, uh, and that's how you evaluate. And I try to work with smaller producers, people that uh, try to do it a bit less in volume, but also that are worried about the final mo moment of the produce, but also what happens back. And that's why I was saying before, animal welfare reflects on uh, the product, reflects on the planet, but also 
not only animal welfare, but ground welfare. What are you doing with your soil? Are you treating it in um, in a natural way? Are you uh, using it in a different manner? So all those things is uh, what's really kind of more important for me. And I have no problem going in with knowledge and confronting and asking. That's that's what every chef should do. Don't You shouldn't believe the first guy that shows to your door. I can tell you 20 different stories of people that came in to sell me dreams that were not true because I would grab a phone and I would find out, you know? Yeah. That's inspiring. That's inspiring. Every chef <laughs> should do. Listen to it, Shiller. Every chef should be doing that. And uh, I know that your time is short, so I want to think about a little bit about um, the future of the kitchen because we are yeah. trying to understand how to help uh the industry yeah like uh, bringing mm. stories like yours is to help the industry to see that there is a way to do a better job there's a way to fix this problem and let's talk technology yeah. is there any technology that you use that uh, help you uh, with uh, zero waste it's quite tough uh, i would prefer to have someone help me out with some ideas of technology that i would like to see implemented that's for yeah. sure um, I think there are some technologies now in place that help, uh, for example, to reduce waste, blend it, uh, help transform it into easy compost. That is one. Obviously, the glass crusher that breaks into volume, into powder, that then can be, again, repurposed. But I think more hotels and kitchens should be equipped and should be mandatory of being equipped with this kind of um, uh, equipment. That's one. Um, I would like probably more... Uh, people that probably have the engineering and the scientific side of it to create, for example, clean film that would be done from vegetable starch rather than plastic, because that is one of the things that to eliminate in a kitchen is quite hard. But I also believe that nowadays you have these mushrooms that kind of decompose plastic. That could be something that all hotels would be um, equipped with. So all your general plastic waste would go into a container that is always being uh decomposed by this uh, fungus right mm. so those are things that i would like to see implemented unfortunately uh when i had not that i had more time but when i was trying a bit harder i tried to make those links but it's very uh hard because this takes a big investment and we're talking about uh laws that have to go to parliament and i think should be governments trying to take these initiatives to implement stronger technology and also make that whole circle become a business because that is a good business to propose right um, because it's a business that gives still um, i think uh, professions and and obviously labor to people but it has a final end that is positive but unfortunately governments tend to push their different interests but i think it should come more from from a, a, a governmental side and and legislation that really incentivizes that but um From my standpoint, those are the things that I would like to see because, I mean, some happen. We recycle the oil from our kitchens that then is um, transformed into biodiesel. We recycle all the plastic bottles that then are used to textile. Um, we um, do a lot of repurposing with jars and and uh, shells and everything that is kind of bones. We try, like one of the restaurants that we have, we repurpose the fat and the bones into candles. So the beef rendered fat, we transform into candles. Uh, the hotel does even this week, we're doing a, a sustainable week where all the different departments had to offer a present with things from their own department that are recycled. 
So we produced a, a chair out of the egg uh, cartons because we, we have a lot of egg cartons in the hotel. Um, but it's how you you think different, right? Is is how you can think about the things that are organic around you that can become uh, either a vessel or a plate, you know, so. I'm here uh, breathless just listening to you <laughs> and thinking of ways that we could inspire our youth, yeah? Because um, the, yeah. why I create all these, uh, all my project is about learning and connecting hospitality through learning opportunities. So if a young aspiring chef is listening to this now uh, and one would like to follow your steps, where they should start studying, for example, uh, what type of resources they should be looking for? To be very honest, there's not many schools and I think should be part of the programs. Where I study that although is a very good chef school, fair enough that the first lesson I learned is in kitchen, nothing goes to waste, everything is repurposed. That was my first lesson, right? Mm -hmm. But we are talking about someone old school that if you don't use the tomatoes or if you're not using carrots and they're going to waste, you transform them into a pickle, you repurpose, right? But that is not so much, I think, the program of schools nowadays. They have changed massively. Uh, nowadays in terms of how they kind of uh, teach because nowadays they want to teach people things that are already on the next level of, of what should be uh, taught, you know, like you have to start from the base. But I think the base should be focused before they start cooking or making any dishes, um, they have to start straight away into learning about produce, learning about composting, learning about what actually makes things organic because again, you can buy something that says organic in the front, but then who stamps this? What is, who is actually verifying? And yes, Europe has very good laws in terms of checking these things, but then you go to the US, even UAE or even Africa, there's no policing on this. It's a label that is printed. Mm -hmm. So I think that should be a base to start um, with schools. And then you move into the next step of learning how to first start with sauces and eggs and cutting up vegetables and all that. But I think the base of everything is without produce and you know, without knowing about produce, you cannot learn. So I would incentivize young chefs to obviously still study and it's, it's quite important. But on their spare time, visit farms, look for good producers, spend a day or two in the farm, uh, different farms, different angles, learn about the base uh, and pick good restaurants. I mean, there's restaurants nowadays throughout the world that are actually more focused on this. Um, so, I mean, it's all about picking your your uh, journey, you know, and, and the journey is about looking at, about people that are doing it well uh, and sometimes don't need to be the most popular is the ones that are under the radar that are doing the, the best uh, work, you know. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what we're trying to do here and bring more and more stories to inspire people uh, to do better in any side of hospitality. But if we can combine doing better with the environment, it's it's a lot more because then we're doing something for actually the future of uh, our <laughs> youth, our kids. Yeah. Claudio, how can people um, learn more about you, see your work, uh, follow you, uh, whatever people do nowadays, <laughs> or get in touch with you? I usually on um, social media, I'm pretty much on Instagram. I don't uh, really TikTok, which is now obviously the big trend, but I'm on Instagram uh, under mr.claudio.caroso. So I usually am a bit more vocal on that platform when it comes down to something more in terms of environmental causes. I'm also in Dubai at SLS. So if they want to pass by and uh, spend a day or two with us, they're also more than welcome. And uh, yeah, it's a matter of reaching out. I mean, I'm quite uh, accessible. 
the same way you reached out to me, I'm, I'm yes. uh, quite accessible. I try to look at whoever is uh, reaching out for the right reasons. I'm usually a person that tries to find time for people that want to ask or curious about good things. Um, I don't see it as a waste of time. So if someone wants to reach out, they're more than welcome. Claudia, that was a massive pleasure uh, to talk to you, bring a little bit of your story, a little bit of the inspiration. And thank you very much for making the time. You are a busy man. You have a lot to do. And thank you for opening uh, this time to talk to us, uh, to share what you do here. And I hope that we will inspire a lot of people to start doing better and better with uh, and, the and I appreciate you also using your platform. I think it's it's massively important, important that people use the right channels and the right uh, platforms to really put the word uh, out there. Uh, so thank you uh, as well for having me and uh, me best of luck. Obrigado. <laughs> oh, muito obrigado. Muito obrigado, Claudio. And hopefully we will meet soon. Yeah. Thank you very okay. much. Chillering. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.